say I'm disturbed. From city to city, an incredible hysterical panic spread. I think we're getting into a weird area here. Will you tell these fools I'm not crazy? This hysteria. You can't handle the truth. Brain is gone. This is Hysteria 51. The truth is out there. It's a lie. But you won't find it here. They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. Welcome in, Hysteria Nation, to the podcast that's never been hacked, but we definitely... There is nothing wrong with your internet device. Do not attempt to adjust the podcast. We are controlling transmission. If we wish to make it louder, we will bring up the volume. If we wish to make it softer, we will tune it to a whisper. We will control the pitch. We will control the reverb. We can modulate the audio, make it flutter. We can change the sound quality to a tin can with string. Wait, it's already like that. Or sharpen it to crystal clarity. For the next hour, Sit quietly and we will control all that you see and hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your internet device. You are about to participate in a great adventure. You are about to experience the awe and mystery which reaches from the inner mind to... The Kyle Kyle Show Show Shut up Kyle, as I was saying welcome to awe and mystery which reaches from the inner mind to... Conspiracy Bot 51. I would ask what the hell that was, but I'm pretty sure I pieced it together on my own. Yep. Hold on here. Got it. The idiot plugged a jammer into the USB on my board. Conspiracy bot. What have I told you about pirating podcasts? I know. I know. Only other people's podcasts. That's right. Now go hack one of those uh, become a millionaire overnight shows and leave us alone. Oh, John, there's a ton of those motherfuckers out there. Oh, boy, there are. <laughs> there are. I have. I, I am yet to be a millionaire. For nominal fee, I could teach you how to be. It's It's, it's very simple. <laughs> but 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 you aren't yet can i come please 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 only if you don't talk <sighs> okay if you're new to the show and wondering what all of that was the hacker is the third host of the show and obviously more technically advanced than a certain other host of this show brent uh his name is conspiracy bot the higher pitched voice is conspiracy bots robot minion his name is kyle he likes cheese muffins and well, he rarely seems to understand what's going on. We're doing a show on New Coke. Right, right, right. All right, all right. So enough of the robotic peanut gallery. John, tonight we do have a special guest, and it's nice to have uh, someone to talk to other than you. <laughs> but this week, even though oh, they're not in studio, even though, you know, we are we're doing our, our due diligence with our social distancing. But this week, we got Moxie LaBouche of the Your Brain on Facts podcast classing up this uh this uh what, what do you always call this an egg and pony show or uh, what do you what do you call it oh uh dog and well, pony I, show? I call it a few things i i, I think <laughs> ham and egg <laughs> ham and egg operation that's what i was looking for oh yeah we are ham and egg. oh uh, moxie thank you so much for joining us this week 
Oh, I liked it better when it was an egg and pony show. Egg let's and pony. Go, let's go with that. That sounds like merch waiting to happen. <laughs> egg and pony. There you go. <laughs> Welcome to the egg and pony show. <laughs> it sounds, yeah, that sounds like some like AM drive morning with, show. Yeah, with DJ yeah, yeah, and squirrel in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely morning zoo crew. Oh my God. So tell us about your show. Tell us about what you do. Well, Your Brain on Facts is your weekly half hour of things you never knew you never knew, now available in book form, covering everything from the history of nursing to the origin of the Vulcan salute to the theft of Canada's strategic maple syrup reserve. Oh, man, some things are just... They hit close to home, and I'm a fat guy. (laughs) The Vulcan salute? Oh, no, the maple syrup. (laughs) You know, Zachary Quinto could never manage to do the Vulcan salute on his own, uh, so they had to glue his fingers together. Really? (laughs) Yep. Are you serious? I didn't know that. That's Yeah. Wow, I can look. It's it's obscure. It was unprovoked, and I said it. That's the the three point test for the credibility of my information. (laughs) (laughs) So that's awesome. Yeah. So you you tell us crap that no one probably needs to know. That's what we do every week too. But we just interject our opinions wholeheartedly the entire time. Well, I try to tell people the stuff that got left out, uh, or the 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 full story. There you so, go. like the th- of the things you thought you knew, yeah. you know, like I've got a number of episodes correcting uh, historical misconceptions, like Washington and the Cherry Tree, mm-hmm. which didn't appear until the fifth edition of a particular biography, you know. <laughs> and then wow. I just get, and then I sometimes I'll challenge myself to do episodes on topics that sound really dull, you know. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I yeah. bet I can make, I bet I can make this interesting. So I have done mud. I did a whole episode on on salt and i could have kept going with that one for ages and ages and actually just today i got a message from someone um applauding the show and she homeschools and she's actually used some of those episodes uh, oh, she's wow, played them yeah. for the kids oh, and i did cool. i did one about uh, beneficial microorganisms and they're making homemade pickles so i'm like oh this is great i'm helping people out and uh there's a few there's a few homeschoolers that we've heard from uh and they're making felons yeah, I like to think I helped yeah, with we, that. If they're, if it's a slightly different demographic. <laughs> very much conspiracy bot. You're really giving back to society. Yeah, yeah. Good job, Cbot. <laughs> but speaking of giving back to society, we're we're taken away from uh, society's ability to watch TV, or at least they were in 1987, because that's what we're talking about. Now, Moxie, he's been working on his segways, <sighs> and John loves to interrupt them. It was beautiful. We should kick him out, right, Moxie? Just you and I. I think we can handle this. Oh, mom, dad, him. I hate it when you fight. <laughs> <laughs> mom and dad are fighting. You don't make me turn this podcast around. <laughs> so, seriously, though. I will pull I, it over. I think if you could turn this around, you would have done it already. <laughs> Deadline. Yeah, four, about four years ago. Sunday, November 22nd, 1987. It was piracy on the high seas. Well, not quite, but it was piracy, digital piracy of sorts. I think that's Conspiracy Bot's favorite kind of piracy. Uh, there you are, minding your own business, trying to watch the sports report on WGN News in Chicago, and boom. Some dude in a Max Headroom mask messes it all up. No audio at that point in time. He's just there moving around and ruining your Chicago Bears highlights of the day. Now, hold on. Let's let's pause there for a second, Brent. Uh-huh. And for our the younger um, younger generation listening at home or wherever they're listening, practicing social distancing, what is Max Headroom? Well, we're going to get into that hardcore later into the, the, the thing, but Max Hedrum was a TV show that actually had just started in 1987 as far as the, 
the iteration that they were they're seeing in America, but he was a digital or supposedly a computer generated AI that was right. one of the characters of Carter off of Max Hedrum. He was his own conscious put into a computer. I, to give, I know we're going to get into it. I just want to give the 40,000 foot view. It's a TV show. It's a it's an AI before AI was cool. If you don't know who Max Hedrum is, if you you're look old him up, like you, us, well, you will know him though. I think if you saw him, don't you think? Like he's yeah. It's a very it's a very it's eighties iconography. So it's one of those mm-hmm. images that that carried over. And what it was was it was supposed to look like a CGI person before there was CGI. So he has plastic uh, mm-hmm. makeup appliances, uh, a single high contrast light source, and then they kind of glitch the video so it looks like like bugs in the software there and he went from hosting this tv show in britain to hawking new coke yeah and just was like crazy everywhere and and i wish it could have gone on a little bit longer because matt frewer is a criminally underappreciated character oh i agree now now one one thing i do want to correct you on moxie oh please um uh (laughs) and this is this is a pretty pretty important point of uh, contention here you said before they had cgi we all know that the moon landing was faked <laughs> and uh and it was all done no. via cgi that was the uh, moon yeah. landing wasn't fake they had kubrick do it and because kubrick was shooting it he insisted they do it on the moon there you go yeah <laughs> <laughs> he had to bring a realism to yeah, it yeah just something like that right uh, Twenty-seven so, takes so like we were saying though the first time though this interruption this was a broadcast interruption no idea it was just they're moving around and like i said running your chicago bears highlights of the day i'm sure a lot of piss off was screamed for a solid 25 seconds until it was finally over all over the city and it was it was screamed brent in the chicago accent which really doesn't exist anymore no, it's se- kind of going away outlying areas it's going away but you're right unless you're like a, a real solid south sider you're not going to hear it much Thank God, though, it was done. It was gone because later that night, Doctor Who was on WTTW and, you know, you got to get your Doctor Who fixed so you can't have people fucking around. But guess what, Moxie and John? Old Max wasn't done. A couple hours go by and right smack dab in the middle of your late night tea and crumpets that prick is back for 90 almost seconds of debauchery and piracy along with audio this time. All before disappearing into the night and into the annals of of history. And uh, we were just chatting before this. It's no D.B. Cooper heist, but it's still officially unsolved. And it's a it's an important one because, like John, you were saying, we're kind of rooting for the guy. We're, yeah, uh, you know, or girl. I, well, there was I, both. I, I, we believe. Well, there was a girl. There was a girl and two guys. Mm-hmm. It's where the bad. It's where the bad people are almost laudable. You're like, oh, I kind of, I kind of hope they're doing well, and and uh, uh, I, I don't want them to get caught. Also, you know, I think a really interesting thing about this story, Brent, as you mentioned, is it's two different stations in the same evening. Two yeah. different TV stations are hijacked, which adds even more mystery to it, uh, as opposed to like you know a. Uh, an angry employee of one of the stations or something like that. The tie that binds Chicago, the Windy City, the second city, <laughs> both of them coming out of at that time, probably uh, the Sears Tower is where they're being uh, uh, sent out of. And they had no no one working at the Sears Tower to cut the feed so he could just play with it as he liked. So the way that the, the TV signals work is they they send it to like a a remitter uh and and they so they send, send it from the station to either the top of the Hancock or the top of the Sears Tower and then it goes from there to like the big broadcast tower down through the Azores back over to Satcom <laughs> 7 and exactly. beamed back into the back of Mr. Big's limo 
<laughs> it was almost too easy. <laughs> Meanwhile, Crucial Taunt is on in the background. Uh, yeah, I pulled that one out. Um, but the, the point being that uh, the, at those, at those um, the main towers that are, you know, aren't in the Chicago city proper, obviously, or right. out, out in the Hinderlands, um, they, they generally have folks on staff. And at WTTW, they forgot to staff it that night. So it went on much longer than it normally would have. Yeah, and it didn't take much, actually, to do this. All you needed was, you know, some scavenged electronics, some Radio Shack parts, a uh, DirecTV-sized satellite dish, and a van. Yeah. Only then, then just park yourself on a, a rooftop parking deck between the, the, the transmitter and the station and Bob's your uncle. It, it, it's funny how, depending on who you ask, they'll tell you that or you get other people like, no, it, was just, it, it wasn't available in the wild then if you talk to people from WGN. But I tend to believe the FCC and stuff that gave just like what you said, which like, yeah, you could have done it. People could have done it if they knew what they were doing. Absolutely. Well, because the people who who officially make these things, who officially make technology, all started in their bedrooms. You know, they're all they're all people who were tinkerers. And um, there's a theory. We're gonna I know we're gonna get into theories later. I'm sure. Um, the the local freaker community. So, like, think think the movie Hackers. If you had to sit through the movie Hackers, think those kind of guys. Had you know. to, excuse had to, me? I was just going to say, uh, John John has a Hackers tattoo across his shoulder blades. It gives me <laughs> terrible, terrible flashbacks to the aesthetics of my high school era. <laughs> the Angelina Jolie vehicle? Yes, yeah, well, I mean, the, no, the, the, the titties are great. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> you know, those were some choice 19-year-old Angelina Jolie titties. No argument there. And we always love enough just um, Matthew Willard. You know, he's just a gem. Oh, national yeah. oh and treasure. don't forget Penn Jillette. <laughs> who, who, was, who was the best actor in the film? He had Gu- the best delivery <laughs> of his lines of anybody in that movie. And he's he's I, I my, my favorite thing is just the visualization of all the hacking and and he's like guiding the the lower security guards through stopping the hack with Pac-Man and such. Yeah, and what's crazy is that that when they visualize the circuit boards and the internet and the network and stuff, those are physical effects. Those are acrylic panels that are carved and painted. So they're talking they're showing you inside a computer, but they did it all with physical effects. Moxie, if you're looking for another job, um a, a co-hosting role on Hysteria 51 has opened up. We'd love to uh love to have you. We've already <laughs> provided more data uh on hackers than than we've probably provided in 4 <laughs> years of of content in total. And I didn't even have to kneecap anybody? Cool. How about that? That's the way it works. Well, that's, that's I interview mean, can part I, two. Can, can I still? I mean, is it set off the table? <laughs> well, that's where Conspiracy Bot comes in. Yeah. Uh, he'll give you a tutorial on how we do it <laughs> here. Oh, I thought I was going to have to kneecap Conspiracy Bot. I'm like, he doesn't even have kneecaps. He doesn't have kneecaps. That's right. I'll just, I'll just pour a soda into the vent in the back. It'll be fine. I'll do whatever you want as long as you stop talking about the insides of computers. I can only get so erect. <laughs> 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 uh, so if you didn't see it what did you miss how could this have happened and who could have pulled this off other than john stamos i think those are the big questions and all that is coming up on hysteria 51 hola david me i'm a brent bonjour uh, brent um, david you didn't do Spanish. I thought if we were going to do this together, we'd do the same language. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's uh, that's on brand for us. 
I, that, I I just thought romance languages was yeah. the key. Everything I say is romantic, and that is thanks to Rosetta Stone. <laughs> you guys, we, we've been touting these things forever. We love Rosetta Stone, and we actually are users. David, you've really been using it even for longer than I. What's your experience been like? Oh, it's been great. The thing is, uh, you really get to learn how to speak and think in that language with it, so... It's very high on pronunciation, too, so <laughs> you can, you know, learn how to speak. And, you know, our show is all about proper pronunciation. <laughs> In that pronunciation. Yeah, that's right. But it's it, they design it for long-term retention, you know. It, and, yeah. Uh, if you don't get the pronunciation right, you, you say it until you do, and then, you know, that, that just seeps into your head. Well, and that's why, you know, this has been trusted by experts for 30 years, and there's over 25 different languages that you can learn and people, millions and millions of users use it because like you said, it does seep in and you're using it with, you know, you get speech recognition and mm-hmm. it, it hears you. You get to use like the built-in true accent features that gives you this pronunciation, which is super convenient and you can do it at your own time. And I don't know if you can know this, but I'm all about value and you get a one-time purchase, 25 languages. If I learned all 25 languages, I'd be so confused. Or really cool. <laughs> I have to go in and out. But you'd be real marketable. But literally, though, this is something that we use, and we have both of us have given the seal of approval because we want to do this long term, and uh, it's something that uh, it works, you know. And we don't yeah. we don't do long term um, stuff like this, and this is this is the one that we've chosen, and we love it. So, all you guys got to do don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now, as we've told you a thousand times, and it's always now, right now. Get now. started. For Larry, limited time, his Air 51 listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. How much? 50%. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your unnatural life. Wow. Redeem, redeem, redeem. How do they do it? Rashate, you're oh. 50% off. <laughs> Rashate. <laughs> redeem it. 50% off rosettastone.com slash today. Do it today. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when Brent and I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, we thought, man, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Brent is trying to plan right now and says that it works like a charm from Chicago to Nashville as he makes his big old move. Mint Mobile is working for him. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. So ditch the overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash hysteria. That's mintmobile, M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash hysteria, H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash hysteria. 
$45 upfront payment required. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Nation, we are back, and we are talking about the Max Headroom hack in Chicago in the 1980s. And, uh, I mean, a ha- a, a, people call it different things, an interruption, a hack, but... Uh, Signal intrusion is, is my my uh, go to. Yeah, make it sound well, sexy sounds, that way. Yeah. Yeah, I was about to say that sounds uh, yeah mild. Why don't sexy. you just call it signal penetration and be done with it? <laughs> <laughs> so, Brent, you have long lauded this um, this topic. You, you've you've been a fan of it. Tell, uh, but also. Uh, uh, you you regard it in in high regard, but also pull it apart a little bit. So so why don't you tell us what happened? Yeah, I just think it's like I said before. It's one of those things that it's almost harmless. You know, I guess you could make the the ploy that children could have seen it and stuff like that. But it was late at night, and I just think it's it's one of those fun, crazy things that happened uh, near us in the in in history, and it's fun to and near us here it. in the yeah. lower fourth. But what what the hell happened? Well, Max Hedrum happened, or at least that's what appeared, you know, to be appeared to be a man in a Max Hedrum mask and a brown suit. Fucking swanky. Amen. Amen to that. And uh, <laughs> the, like we said, they came on twice. The first time was during the news, and it was just a video breaking into the news. Uh, they were doing the sports report, and he's kind of just doing the, you know, moving around. The second time, there is audio. That's when he broke into Doctor Who. And the audio is hard to make out, but whoever it was made references to some specific things. Specifically, John, you talked about Max Headroom. He endorsed Coca-Cola, or more specifically, New Coke, when they were trying to push that on the nation. And now we know what killed his career. Right. And there there was also this weird-ass old cartoon Kind of think of of Conan O'Brien. Remember when he'd have a face and they had the mouths moved, uh, you know, making fun of like Bob Dole. Yeah, I think it's actually the cartoon that you see in um, Butch's flashback in Pulp Fiction. I think it's the cartoon that he's watching. Clutch where Cargo. It's, yeah, where it's it's cartoon people, but because they're lazy and cheap, they just have human mouths. <laughs> Superimposed. <laughs> I just I, my mind just goes to Conan O'Brien and then Bob Dole, all that Dole. Dole, dole, dole. Oh yeah, Remember that was that? Th- that was back in the uh, in the Halcyon days of of Conan. Uh, yeah, in the year two thousand. Yeah, masturbating bear and pimp bot, <laughs> all the good stuff. <laughs> Such a simple time. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it was. It was a good time uh, when the year two thousand was so far off. You could make. Well, I, I mean, somebody it is, was. Hurt. It is far. Well, yeah, it's exactly. far behind us. Yeah. Someone was hearkening back to July of 2019 earlier today uh, on you mean in, last in History Tuesday? Nation, no, and I, a year ago. I, I literally wrote like, "Oh, it was a simpler time." <laughs> it sincerely was. If I could just talk to myself way back then, and <laughs> warn that poor simple bastard. So yeah, Clutch Cargo was this show. Also, another thing they made a kind of a a swiper dig at anchor Chuck Swirsky, not to be. Confused. Now he was a WGN anchor, the, the sports guy, but not to be confused with Bill Swarsky of Bill Swarsky Super Fans. Although obviously, Bill Swarsky. So it's funny. I read an interview with Chuck Swarsky, and he was talking about that. And obviously, Bill Swarsky is a nod to Chuck, right? And he never understood why they did a nod to him, other than he was just a Chicago sports 
socialite. Uh, yeah, but yeah, they they <laughs> the super fans were certainly a nod to Chuck. Yeah, I got a I got a large sausage uh, in the lining of my heart there, Bob. So uh, I'm not going to be able to come in this week. What is he? That makes a baker's dozen there, Bob. <laughs> Duh, bears. Yeah, but the all also the the other thing WGN talk about that they they talked about all the greatest world newspaper nerds. A reference WGN's world's greatest newspaper. So they were kind of tongue in cheek. The things he was saying. Definitely multiple references to WGN. Like almost like there was a bit of a consternation about the the large media conglomerate yeah it's one of the things the reasons people thought it was it must have been like a, a ex-employee or an inside guy yeah because why why would a normal person be this fixated on a tv station well now we have social media and you realize that everyone's fucking crazy and that just happens oh yeah and all that's happening while this crooked panel type thing swung back and forth looking like the the crazy background you would see on the show wait for it Max Adram, see? <laughs> and the topper is the intrusion ended with a guy pulling his ass out and getting spanked with a fly swatter. Uh, he also pulls out a, a dildo. I mean, all sorts of, you know, a can of Pepsi making fun of the new Coke. All before the signal was lost and Doctor Strange came back on the air. Doctor Who. Doctor Strange, you're right, Doctor Who. Man, I got Marvel and it's in the actually, brain. It is thanks to the Whovians that we have the footage of this that we do. Yes. Because a lot of people were taping it. Isn't that crazy that they the, the network wasn't taping it? They didn't they had to go to the people to get the, the copies. There are entire series of, of Doctor Who that were lost because back when when TV was just shifting from live to recorded uh, performances in, in like the early sixties. The concept of wanting to watch something a second time wasn't really a thing. Why, the why ability. would it, we were, yeah. you already watched it? Why? Yeah, because it, it didn't exist. It's like um, in the Ricky Gervais movie, The Invention of Lying. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. lying wasn't a thing. Watching something a second time wasn't a thing. And magnetic tape is expensive. Yeah. So the BBC reused the tapes from the early series of uh, Doctor Who. And some of them they were able to find from when it would be transmitted to uh, other parts of the empire and then, you know, put on a tape there. So they were sure. able to pull them in from like Africa and, and places. Yeah, it's crazy. They still find them from time to time. Yeah, but there's still, there's still half, half of an early season that is uh, completely unaccounted for that. I, I read the, um, the description of the, the setup of that season in my um, uh, sci-fi episode I did. And it's just like, how much shrooms really? did it take to come up with this because I, f- I feel a little bit woozy just reading this sentence <laughs> some things just don't sound good when you explain them you know it's crazy that you have a show like that that's so long the longevity and coming back and coming back and the brown coats right that's what the the fans are called uh-huh. man it's crazy a, a firefly yeah Oh, that's Firefly. What are the, the yeah. what are the who Doctor Who? Whovians. Whovians. Okay, there. Whovians. Yeah, no brown brown coats from Firefly. It's because the the Rebel yeah, Army okay, they had there you go. brown. You can see how much you know, I know. I'm an, I'm an about, OB man. I'm an original brown coat. Come come for me. You can see how much I know about Doctor Who, unfortunately. But yeah, it's crazy though. You know, all these all these uh, restarts and all through the ages, and Doctor Who is still going strong, and the fans. You know, the Whovians, they, they, they love it. And that. No, they always hate it. They always hate it when it's restarted. (laughs) And then by the end of that actor's run, he's 
God's gift and they can't believe he's getting rid of them. I think being able to regenerate your main character is just the greatest thing that could happen to a writer's room. Because if somebody starts getting uppity, you just regenerate them. You know, like (laughs) Tenet was holding out for more money. Just regenerate them. And and that actually comes from an accident, from an overexposure of the film that caused the, the scene to white out when they were were fading in the other actor. And it was originally, last last bonus fact about Doctor Who, then we'll go back to Max Hedrum. It was originally designed to be an educational program. It was going to be set in the past to teach history and then seen uh, shows in the future to teach science. That didn't work out, but it worked out better because it made more money. So there you go. It's funny. You were talking about um, if you described that one portion of one season. If you describe any Doctor Who out loud, it sounds dumb. That was my point. Like, uh, how about just the basic premise? So, all right, well, there's a phone booth, but it's not really a phone booth. And I mean, and just as, go as Americans, we have to accept time machines shaped like phone booths because George Carlin rode around in one and that was a okay by us. That's right. I, that's that's very true. Although it wasn't as spacious. No, no, but they sure squeezed a lot of motherfuckers in that thing, though. So good for them. <laughs> good for scorned. <laughs> Party on, Eight minutes dude. ago. You know what, though? Breaking this down a little bit further, getting back to out of the Who universe and into the Hedrum intrusion universe. Uh, I went to a Vice article because they were kind enough to make a play-by-play, and I wanted to go through that real quick because it's short, and it talks about the things he said because if you watch the video just at face value, it's very hard to make out what he's saying because it is electronic and there's static and it's hard to say. But So the breakdown, it goes like this. He's a freaking nerd, Max says in a voice that, like I said, it sounds like a cartoon villain. Then he says, I think I'm better than Chuck Swirsky, freaking liberal, referring to the Bulls announcer who is WGN's radio go-to podcaster. <laughs> Sportscaster. <laughs> oh, you see where my head's at. <laughs> he was really ahead of his yeah. time. And then the metal panel spinning uh, behind him, it's it's spinning, and and there's this computer-generated studio kind of looking like thing. And um, he starts holding this thing that looks like a rubber penis, and he yells the new Coke slogan, catch the wave, and then he hums the song to the TV show Clutch Cargo. All And it's weird. These All his movements are weird. And it says, your love is fading, he shouts before throwing the, the dildo to the floor. I still see the X, he says, a direct reference to the title of the last episode of Clutch Cargo. Also, uh... One thing to note here, Chuck Swirsky, frickin' liberal. I find that somewhat fascinating in that one would make the assumption then that that the pirate pirater mm-hmm. um, uh, 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 might be more of the conservative persuasion, which probably is a false assumption because you have to think that that folks that do this are more like anarchists. But but it is interesting if you like you wouldn't think I I, I guess in at least in in putting in in current parlance I wouldn't think of a a more conservative person being the kind that would do what we're talking about. Yeah, it's pretty anti-establishment to do this. Yeah. And I don't remember him calling him a, a liberal. Now, it could be that I don't remember it because I'm blonde going through menopause early and have been struck by lightning. So some of the files are 404. Moxie's calling Vice a, a liar. I heard you heard it here first. So, yeah. But I do, I do distinctly recall <laughs> he called him a nerd. 
So he that's was, coming. Like, so like, he goes. He goes. I just made a giant masterpiece for all the greatest world newspaper nerds. That was actually well, no, the yeah, next when, line. He, when the sound first comes in, the first things he says are, uh, "He's that a freaking nerd." He's a freaking nerd. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember. Remember him being calling him a liberal, but so much of it was so difficult to understand because, in addition to the weak signal, he was also probably running the audio through a ring modulator to to morph his voice so that he could. So this be is the identified. accepted. Uh, transcript. Um, it's what Vice and Reddit has come down to say that this is what he said. So oh, well, if Reddit says that. Hey, man, I tell you the what. The front page of the internet. You'd be surprised how much shit comes off Reddit that ends oh, up. Oh, no, a friend of mine, a friend of mine got there, had uh, Reddit found my friend's stolen car. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm not actually throwing shade at the Reddit community. Like just just as with Juggalos, they can do something good. If you ever need a motivation to drink, just think about the fact that in the world right now, there are more juggalos than polar bears. I am not liable for anyone's therapy bills. Just let me say that. Moxie, we, we, we touched on this podcast, Brented, um, that, you know, as you mentioned, juggalos aren't always up to bad. Uh, not only have the actual, I don't know the names of the guys, but one of the guys came out and said, like, hey, some of the shit we said in our sh- uh, in our songs before, that was really bad. And I'm a bad person for having done that. So forgive me. Uh, but also on top of that, like, Juggalos are out there talking about social distancing and talking about Black Lives Matter. And they and, donated and hundreds the, of shirts to give to to people um, in, during this whole pandemic. They donated money for food. And yeah, they'll organize massive fundraisers. Um, they were helping someone with cancer. Plus, their face paint thwarts facial recognition technology. So I don't want to say we should take after a juggalo in any way, shape or form. I'm just saying they got a couple things right. I think she's and going they're, to the they're probably keeping the they're probably half of what's keeping the Fago soda company going. Hey, you got that. Uh, Brent's right. actually the other half. Um, <laughs> I know it's the Juggalos and then Brent. I'm happy to tell you, I don't know if I've ever drank a Fago. You're welcome, but uh, we could pretend. You can get them at the dollar store. Can you? Well, now I gotta go to anyway. the dollar store. Oh God! Well, I didn't know that, Brent. I, th- I thought you were a I thought you were a partaker, you dude. All joking aside, you know I am Diet Mountain Dew, ride or die, <laughs> forever. <laughs> well, there, yeah, for, for your, is for your daily imbibement, I, I suppose I meant on more of a special Fago. No, I can't say that I've ever even had a Fago, but you know, hey, we can all dream. <sighs> Do they still make right, Jolt? So- That's what I'd be into. Anyway, speaking of hackers in nineties, Jolt and a Jolt and a Slim Jim were the uh, on any road trip the must go to. Yeah. I have heartburn just thinking about that. Oh. <laughs> that combination. That's just no. I was a Josta girl. Josta. You can keep your Surge and your Jolt. I was a Josta girl. That that Garana that must be good stuff, you know, because it sounds foreign. So <laughs> <laughs> caffeine under another name must be good for you. Basically, go. yeah. yeah right. Hell, I just did not this week's episode of my show over on Your Brain on Facts was all about so- how soda started as patent medicine. So I can tell you where the co- caffeine came from originally, other than the cocaine. The cocaine was a whole separate thing. <laughs> Although I, I, I do. I mean, who like, OK, listen, I'm I, I don't I'm not into cocaine. It's not my thing. Don't like it. That sounds uh, forced. Uh, I would assume I don't like it. However, who doesn't want to try a sip of the OG formulation? I mean, everybody does. Everybody does. They, and if they say they don't, they're lying. The amount of cocaine would vary, though, because according to Pemberton's original recipe, it was four ounces of coca leaves to a gallon uh, of syrup. But we know that by 1902, it was down to a, just a fraction of a grain of of cocaine 
uh, per serving. See, so, that's how they get you. Fucking <laughs> shit. Taking all the fun out of it. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of cocaine, quick bonus fact about that. Who has seen the movie Maximum Overdrive? Of course. Oh, of course. Of course. It's just 1 a.m. on TBS. Um, the only... Emilio Estevez is finest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Yardley Smith and that one wait- waitress who runs outside screaming, we made you. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> it is the only movie based on the Stephen King property that Stephen King himself directed. This yep. was in the 1980s. And King was. I doing- did know that. Wasn't that part of? Was that part of Skeleton Key? I couldn't tell you. <laughs> so Stephen King releases a lot of anthologies, mm-hmm. and I I don't know for certain that that one was. was it part doesn't. Of Skeleton it, well, Key. I don't think it was. It was strong enough to have been its own book, so it probably was uh, part of an anthology or, or a novella or something. But Stephen King was doing so much cocaine in that era, he doesn't remember directing a feature length film. <laughs> Cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> it is a hell of a drug. Uh, one of my favorite books ever written is Stephen King's On Writing. It's informative. It, of course, if you like to write, it's great. But it's also great even if you're not a writer. Like, it, it, There's a lot of like you know, take, just takeaways from it for life. He certainly talks about his background and his past and his struggles. And uh, what, one of the things he talks about uh, also is he doesn't remember writing Carrie, like writing the entire novel. It's one thing to, to get through a, a you know, a, eight, 10, 12 week shoot and not remember it. It's another thing to get through a half year of writing a novel and just have no idea about it. Well, I know he's done so many since. I mean, how do you remember one shift at work really when he, when he, how many books does he have out? That's like a lot, a lot well, of Well, he calls out cocaine as being the re- reason for that. Well, that, is too, my point. that too, that too, that too. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that it was his wife that pushed him to, uh, to finish it and to to really lean in to the the whole puberty thing and the periods and the stuff the the stuff that is so yeah, integral. You're right. He had thrown the, it away and she pulled it out of the garbage. You're because right. uh, I know puberty is rough on both genders, but it's it's horrific for our side. So it makes a really good frame device for a horror movie. Interminably interesting that King would use that as a as a dude writing. Like, you know, uh, it, it'd be hard to get in the mind's eye if you're not that, if, if you're, if you're a dude, that's my, that, that would be challenging. Well, perhaps he's a particularly sensitive dude who, you know, listened to his wife and was sympathetic to her lady troubles. Hey, remember when you guys were actually talking about this week's topic? <laughs> you edit this, you can take this stuff, some of this stuff out. It's not like we're going out live. Do you mind? We're having a nice conversation. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Yeah, we have a, a very strict express, uh, saying here in my household. Um, after I made a docu- taught myself video editing to make a documentary of our burlesque tour out to meet George R.R. R. Martin, you are not allowed to use the phrase, we will fix it in post, if you are not the person who has to fix it in post. And I am that quote-unquote <laughs> person, so, yeah. That's the way I, Which I, is why he yells at me. I, I concede my time. <laughs> so where were we we were talking about hold on here so we're giving the play-by-play uh and we talked about he was humming the clutch cargo then he says your love is fading before throwing the the dick to the floor and icx we were talking about all that and then he said i made a giant masterpiece for all your greatest world newspaper nerds making another dig at wgn the call sign you know wgn the world greatest newspaper then the camera cuts out and it cuts back into a new angle that's how you know it wasn't live because it's a, a quick cut and he's bent over, his ass is out, and he is screaming as he's getting beat with a fly swatter. They're coming to get me. 
And there's a, f- a woman wearing, it's kind of like, looks like, I don't know, did you think it looked like one of those French maid outfits? That's kind of what, what came to mind. I, you know, I, I, I took that away and then I also kind of took off uh, a bit of a, um, BD S&M type of vibe, but that also might just be because he was, getting, he was getting spanked. <laughs> yeah. I think you're projecting a little bit. To me, it looked like French made. Some people have, have interpreted it as kind of a, an Annie Oakley cowgirl sort see, of outfit. I've read that too, and which I makes didn't no, see which that. Which honestly makes no less sense, but right, to me, it looks right. like a, and a French made costume is easier to come by. It's, you know, hanging on the front rack in every adult novelty store. Yeah. I did see the Annie Oakley stuff people are talking about online. But hey, he yells, come get me, bitch. And uh, <laughs> it kind of starts spinning and, and, and the signal cuts out. And then we're back to Doctor Who, which somehow seems less exciting <laughs> at that moment in time. Except for when they interviewed people at that time, the, the people who were the Doctor Who fans, a lot of them are like, oh, now it just ruined my taping. Oh, it sucks so bad. <laughs> well, and, and I, the one thing. As much as we are rooting for the um, Moxie, as you put it, the anti-hero here, as much as we are rooting for the anti-hero, there is a level of they weren't great at getting their message across. If there was a message to be to be, um, yeah, to be able to jump in and drug and out of the- that uh, of, of that uh, ninety seconds. Yeah, or whatever I think they, it was. they definitely had a point to make and. No one outside of that room knows what it is because we, <laughs> yes. we have no context. Uh, the, the audio quality is terrible. Even without the ring modulator, we still wouldn't be able to understand most of what he says. So I don't, I don't know if there was a point. I think maybe they just, they did it to do it. They were just like, Hey, I bet we can hijack a TV signal. Cool. Let's do it. Hey, I have a French made outfit, a dildo and a fly swatter. Sounds like a weekend. It's just weird how pointed the things were. Um, you know, the liberal, the Swarovski, the, yeah. the, the, the clutch cargo. Yeah. I mean, it's not exactly you know. the con- communist manifesto, though, is it? And, wh- and how come we never hear about manif- the, re- the word manifesto used in a positive context? There's never a good There's manifesto. There's never. Hey, I wrote my manifesto and it saved all those children. That's, yeah, it's never, Mr. Not you know, it's like, oh, we found Mr. Rogers' manifesto. <laughs> Make yeah, everyone that happy. Would make at, at that point, it's a memoir. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I think that's the distinction. <laughs> Which way it turns at the end, yeah. So the other thing is that, that we, we've talked about it. We talked about it a little bit before. Why Max Hedrum? I, I think that was an important thing. It was, it was definitely a new and popular show. And Max Hedrum in the show... Um, if a lot of people go, where's that come from? The Carter, the, the Matt Furrer, as you were talking about, his character gets in a motorcycle accident. He's running away from the bad guys and he hits the bar that says Max Hedrum, like maximum Hedrum to go underneath it. And that's the last thing he saw. The, the British version mm-hmm. of, well, no, this is the actual, this is the actual show. Like if you watch the TV show, this was like episode one. Now, previous to that, you're right. There was a, uh, Max Hedrum 20 minutes into the future was a British movie, but there was Max Hedrum. All over the place. He hosted a, a talk show. He hosted videos. But the original, like in the 20 minutes in the future and then the show, which it came to America earlier that year, he was an AI of Carter. He stuttered. He had that wireframe. And he kind of made a lot of points about society. And he would do broadcast interruptions. And the show was crazy. Like things they did in the show was they would beam the commercials into the people's minds and every once in a while they would explode and die but they're like ah, it's okay you know not that many of them do it and televisions themselves you couldn't turn off it was against the government's law 
And I remember in one of the episodes, they broke in and someone had a power button on their TV and like, she's got a power on T on her TV. She'll get death for that. <laughs> it's like, that's the oh, that, that reminds me of, um, that reminds me of obviously much newer. One of the original episodes of, um, black mirror. Oh yeah. Uh, where they were, to, they, 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 they gained, I forget the, what the currency was, but chits to, by, by watching all of the crap that was being, uh, pushed out by the the um, omniscient government. I just can't, I can't watch Black Mirror. They're just too good at what they do. It's like <laughs> I, I am stressed out enough as it is. I watched the I, movie, I, the Choose Your Own Adventure movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember the name of it, but Bandersnatch. I yes, yes. But that's the only. That's all I've watched of Black Mirror. No, so I've watched. I watched the. Um, I've watched most of the seasons, and I have. I I have, wherever I stopped, I haven't picked back up since 2020 happened. Uh, it, just it look, is at the, a little, look out the window. There's your black mirror. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a little like, I, you know, this is, this is a conversation for another day, but man, I would be willing to bet that, especially in television, that content choices have changed dramatically, uh, mm-hmm. since the beginning of the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. And I don't know which way it goes. Um, that'd be an interesting thing. Right, to I see. think people are just, are just steering away from, from stuff that is like a little too real. Meanwhile, mystery or unsolved mysteries drops, and everyone's like, "Hell yes!" <laughs> Have you ever called the old phone number on unsolved mysteries? Yeah, it still works, correct? Yes, yes. Yeah. It to, their to, website in a, does in everything in a way, in a way. So, gentle listener, when you're done with the show, look up and call the old unsolved mystery toll free number. It's going to tell you to hang up. Don't do it. Don't listen to him. Listen to me. Turn your phone volume up all the way. And stay on the line, no matter what. You are welcome, or I'm sorry, depending on how it hits you. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Well, now we got to do that afterwards, John. Well, now I got to do that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know. But, uh, well, yeah, so there, do your homework and report back to us, So, everyone. Brent, you were, you were talking about Max Headroom. Um, I, I Let's talk for a second about how well we remember that show, or, or if we remember that show, and, and what we remember about it. I, I you know, Me, personally, I... I remember it as a caricature of itself, if that makes sense. Like I, I went back and watched a little bit of like a clip of Max Headroom and like I didn't remember any of the the actual show. I just remembered the, the I've Max got Hedrum the wrong scenes. answer to that, but the right answer however you want to put it, because I did a show on another show about Max Headroom and I watched the entire series. Um it's easy to sit down, it's only like, I don't know, ten or fifteen episodes of the American version. And then I watched the original. The first time he was on anything was Max Headroom Twenty Minutes in the Future and then Oh my God, he was on Letterman and, and hawking everything and he was just everywhere. So I don't remember the show, but the character was so pervasive. He was just all of a sudden part of everyday life. Yeah, they, I think they tried to make him like Mr. 80s, you know? That's how they, well, remember in Back to the Future 2, they go to the, the 80s diner and they got Michael Jackson and Ronald Reagan and they're, they're those versions of Max Hedrum. You know what I mean? They, those were the, your people that were so. Oh, you're right. Yeah, Brent. you're right. Like, yeah. So it, it's like it's Ronald Reagan, but operating as Max Hedrum with the weird glitches our, in the background. Our, and, yeah. um, what's he say? He's like our spe- specials today are diet Pepsi. You know, and it goes through the whole thing. But as Ronald Reagan or, or whoever the celebrities were, I don't know that you can draw a direct correlation between them using Max Hedrum as like a corollary to to a a thought on society like they're 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 trying to take those values or something like that mm-hmm. because at the end of the day it's like the one thing you see out there that would be fairly 
easy to emulate. Yeah. It's easier right? to like, look it, back it on hard it to be, and make it. It'd be hard to be JR from Dallas right. and do this, right? It's a lot easier to look back on it and, and make the connections later. And the merch was out. What I mean is, what I mean is like, uh, um, exactly. uh, uh, like a glitchy video with... With, with this weird background and, and it glitches out a lot and and it, it like that that tracks mm-hmm. that makes sense it does it makes a lot more, less sense if you're just taking a random character well right. also just the practical angle of it the mask existed yeah you know it you the could background go and, was you, easy to, to to make yeah it was a piece of corrugated iron that they're just uh turning side you know back and forth so i mean there probably were other rubber masks that they could have gotten i'm sure mr t got made into a rubber mask at some point we all know that william shatner mm-hmm. uh, was certainly a, a mask oh, don't think uh, i wasn't at- thinking about saying that Point break, all the dead presidents, or not so dead at that time. Yeah, absolutely. So they, they finished up, and after they finished up, you'd be surprised to know, or or not, that the FCC decided to get involved. Well, yeah, they wanted to do that when you intrude onto a television uh, program like that. Twice. Yeah, and they're not the only ones to do this, though. It wasn't uh, a new intrusions happen from time to time. A big one that's kind of famous, too, was on HBO, happened just a year before, April 27th of 86, some dude calling himself Captain Midnight and nowhere near as, as entertaining as this was. He interrupted HBO during a show, had the, you know, the test pattern colors and it was, they were showing the Falcon and the Snowman and he was just bitching that HBO shouldn't be 12. 95 a month at least we understood what he was trying to get across exactly true maybe he didn't have the production values maybe he didn't put quite as much uh panache into it but no dildo no interest that's you know that's america no dildo no interest the the fly swatter was just icing on that cake (laughs) isn't that conspiracy bots uh yeah no dildo no interest is also most of his passwords with hyphens it's no dildo no booze no interest. Get it right, dumbass. <laughs> that makes sense. And though I will tell you this, Captain Midnight, uh, well, he was on there for four and a half minutes, and it was seen by the eastern half of the U.S., but Captain Midnight uh, turned out to be not as slippery as whoever the Max Header was, because he turned out to be this guy named John R. McDougal, and he was an engineer, and he was found, and, and he was arrested. Also of note... Keeping with the whole Chicago theme, McDougal was born in Elmhurst, which is just out west of us, a uh, suburb of Chicago. Well, there you go. It all it Man. all ties together. Here's my wall of red string. Well, McDougal's problem is he couldn't keep his trap shut. As with every criminal out there, it seems like. Mm-hmm. And he was uh, he had a job running the the satellite feeds, and so that gave him uh, ample opportunity to do something like this. And then he just started after after he did it, he started talking about it to anyone who would listen. And, you know, it's not that interesting to anybody except the guy who did it. So it wasn't long before he found him. Or the guy investigating it. Or the guy investigating. Yeah. Well, it was, you know, so it wasn't too long before he found himself charged with transmitting without a radio license, which he pled guilty and was uh, fined $5,000. Because he was in in the episode I covered in uh, my signal hijacking episode two. (laughs) <laughs> well, he was like you said, though, he, he was telling everyone and he's quoted as saying um, he doesn't regret any of it. He said, what I do regret is that I was young and fairly naive in the ways of the media. I didn't grasp the fact that no one understood my motives and that everyone would make assumptions. Had I known that up front, I've been much more fervent in explaining my motivations. I had no animus and uh, I had to, no malice in my heart. It, it's wor- it, like uh, talking about let's talk about his motivation for just one second. Twelve ninety five a month in the mid eighties. That that's more than Netflix charges today. Yeah. Going to the inflation calculator. 
I, I'm literally, thank you. You're saving me. <laughs> so it's just rounded up to 13 for reasons. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, $32. I mean, I'm for, for one channel. Yeah. For one channel. Uh, so uh, listen, I'm not saying I endorse it, but, <laughs> but I'm I just understand saying. It. To put it into, yeah, um, to put it into, to something you can understand now, it's $14.99 a month now for HBO. So it's only went up, if you want to look at it that way, $2. Now, back then, though, you used to get HBO East, Yeah, but HBO aren't there only West, six of us? You know, all of those Brent, different aren't ones. there only six of us that actually subscribe to HBO and the rest <laughs> of us just has an HBO Go around. password? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's how all of that works. I mean, their, their, their P&L on that thing must be upside down because they're like, okay, we're taking in... Carry the two sixty seven dollars. Yeah, I think we keep going, Jerry. Just pump it out, pump it out. <laughs> but keeping with the whole, you know, well, like you said, he was caught and he went to jail, but or he got, uh, I believe he got um, probation. Probation. He didn't go. No, to, he got probation. Yeah, yeah th- that was the thing. There was no law in place to really prosecute him with. So they, they actually, the law they got him on. Other experts in law, uh, of which I am not one. Look back at that, and they, yeah, he shouldn't have been prosecuted on that. He didn't do that, but he, I, I think he was happy to take it because it was literally a slap on the wrist. Right. Well, and then in the not so fun world of hijacking, in man, a lot of lot going on in eighty six, eighty seven, September of eighty seven, Playboy TV was hijacked with text messages telling people watching at home to repent. And find Jesus. And again, now when you say text messages, you mean text, text on the yeah, screen, text, much Character like generation, much just like Captain Midnight had done. They were text. Yeah, that doesn't that show how we are as a society. Text messages. So the FBI did identify the hacker as Thomas H A Y N A Heine 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 a technician employed. I don't know, but I'm going to go with Heine because that's appropriate. Uh, Tommy Heine, and he was actually employed by the Christian Broadcasting Network, and he was caught and convicted under John the new satellite jamming law, and also sentenced to probation. So funny, like you said, then they're like, "We're ready. We got a new law, and we're just gonna yeah." Well, I mean, slap him on but, the wrist. I mean, ultimately, what they're worried about. What they're starting to pick up on is that there's these satellites floating around. And, yeah, it's all well and good that, you know, little homespun uh, uh, engineers are, are, are putting messages out here and there. But the reality is that terrorists could take it over and, 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 and say awful, awful things and, 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 and also air awful, awful yeah. things. So they had to put laws in place or, well, uh, we're not going to get into the validity of, of that or one, one way or the other. But their belief was, uh, you know, we need to put bigger safeguards in place to make sure this doesn't happen again. Right. Yeah, and Haney didn't just do it once. He actually did it three times, once on the Playboy channel and twice on a station called American Ecstasy, naturally spelled with three X's. And I find this to have been an ironic signal intrusion, because normally when you have signal intrusions and pornography, the street is going the other way, uh, such as the... the uh, at least two incidents that I know of where somebody hijacked a signal to show pornography. Yeah. Um, yeah. Once during the uh, Super Bowl, once during the Disney Channel show, uh, Handy Manny. It's just. <laughs> Are we sure? Classic. Just asking yeah. for it. Let's be honest. <laughs> should Really should have seen that coming. No pun intended. Well, that's just why this one, though, it's so impressive because, you know, we're at, at time of recording now. We're like, what, 33 years later, no arrests. That's impressive, so to speak, of, of at least, 
of whoever the Max Hedrum was. And the FCC said there's interviews. You can go watch them. They're like, we're going to catch him, especially if he does it again. And he didn't. <laughs> like, so whoops. These bank robbers, these bank robbers, they, they are horrible people. Yeah. And I, I tell you what, if they do it one, two, three, four more times, we're going to get It's going to be them. a lot easier to find them if they keep that. Just could you keep it running for us, please? And thank you. And we're not really good at this. But yeah. yeah it, it's a little unclear, though, also what the statute of limitations would be. So, you know, it's, it's not like if it had been petty theft and you wait five years and then you're in the clear. It's uncertain if the person might ever feel comfortable revealing themselves. Also, the prevalent theory that I have found uh, was that the person being Max um, was on the autism spectrum. Well, that's something we'll talk about. Yeah, I would. I, I think so. You know, is is one thing that people talk about. Everything that you hear is hearsay, or it's from someone else. But before we talk about that, I just wanted to touch on you know how do they 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 find a hacker so to speak before we we because they never did. Um, yeah, how would you track yeah, them down? So it, it all works off signals. You start with a physical location. You, if you can know where the hijack began and to do so, you need a path. You got to find the path where the signal was taken when it got hijacked. So they can kind of find, okay, this is where it was pinging, 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 and then it didn't come through. Which was actually a lot easier to, to take a look at back then. Right. And like you said, they, they ping across cities to networks. They have these high power transmitters on top of tall buildings. Like you said, Hancock and the Sears Tower at the time. Now the Willis Tower. No, it's still the Sears Tower. Stop it. <laughs> That's how they would, they would kick these off up. But the satellites in Chicago has, you know, it's famous for those. So the theory goes the hacker managed to overpower the microwaves of these, these relays, which they made them a vulnerable attack on a frequency that wouldn't have been hard to find. As they were being sent to these receivers atop the buildings, they would just have to simply, kind of like Moxie had said before, switch on their transmission equipment at a high enough location, maybe like a high-rise apartment, a roof, a, you know, some sort of studio, top of a, of a parking garage, downtown somewhere on the north or northwest sides of Chicago. From there, you blast it, and the signal where they're picking up the signal, it, it just tricks it into sending out that one instead. Well, that's right. That So signals, these type of signals, are directional. So you know it's going from point A to point B. And your only goal to hijack it is to get in the way of that and put your own signal in place. Right. And, yeah. and to, to, to dumb it down. Uh, that's it. So if you are able to park on the top of a parking garage or park yourself on top of a just a, a building, you know, with, with, with all of your equipment... Uh, and, and you have the know-how, you, you literally can intercept the signal because, it again, it, uh, think of a light beam because, I mean, again, we're, we're just talking about waves across the electromagnetic spectrum. Get in the way of it and push your own that way. And, and as long as your own signal is representative from a, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show my ass here and, and just, I don't, I, don't, I don't know the words, but uh, as long as it's like roughly the same, uh, for lack of a better term. Um, it, it, you you can fool the receiver into thinking, oh, that's a signal I'm looking for. Yeah, and like Moxie said earlier too, the FCC themselves said you don't need you knew the equipment would have been like at least ten thousand dollars. It's out there. You needed a small dish size of you like you know what you think of Directv or something. Now, someone with some know how could have done it. That's what the FCC says. Now, some people say that that's not true, but hey, you know, we'll we'll talk about that. I, this is a question for both of you because I don't know the answer. 
obviously did my research for this for this episode. I, I went I went a half page into Google, uh, maybe maybe three quarters of a page. Anyway, um, my my question is this: when they say you could have a direct TV type of dish size size of dish size yeah. right right right. I think about that time period. I, I did those size dishes exist? I always think of like when I think of the eighties, I think of those dishes that like the rich kid in your neighborhood. Yeah, had so they would use those that to direct were the, the size signal, of a like, small football field. Yeah, I mean they were basically and, the size of a swimming pool because mm-hmm. I had I had yeah. uh, folks out in the wilds of uh, rural Illinois, and they had one because otherwise they would not get they, they couldn't get network signal, let alone cable out there. Um, but there were. If not consumer satellite dishes, there were things analogous. For example, parabolic microphones. Oh, I was going to say, John, fair. we have yeah. one here yeah. at the the studio. I don't know if I ever showed it to you. Yeah, the, you, you have know, a the, parabolic oh, yeah, mic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, you, I use spider neighbors. Yeah, bi- oh, well, yeah. Hey, that's probably not. Fair. That is How from the eighties. It doesn't work anymore, but we have one. I just have it for, because it looks cool. But no, absolutely. Well, why does Seabot keep touching it? it? Touches a lot of things. <laughs> But yeah, they they had those for different things. They also would use them for just transmission relays uh, in the field and stuff like that. So there was mics or not mics. I'm going to see where my mind's going. But there were no, uh, no but as you transmission relays. Yeah. So so it goes from the it goes from there the could be a person holding studio. It, literally holding it, you know, like directing a beam at you know at, uh, depending on what they were doing. And in this case, it goes from the studio up to that. That that relay or that remitter mm-hmm. uh, on top of on top of the, the Sears Tower or the Hancock, and then beams down to to wherever the actual big signal is that will spread it out across the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or up to their uplink, depending on you know what you're. Oh, I'm sorry. You're, you're right. With, you're right. Yeah. yeah. If it's going to a satellite, yeah. up to the satellite. But like they said, that's how you do it. You could probably get your hands on the stuff, but cost a lot of money and manpower and it just wasn't worth looking for so they called off the search and they never found the guy but that leaves us to the point though someone did do it so we're gonna go to break but when we come back who are the leading suspects so to speak and our final thoughts that's next on hysteria 51 Nation, we are back, and uh, I hope you went to the restroom, because this is going to be a long one. No, I'm kidding. It is not, <laughs> but we are going to wrap this thing up, because uh, we want to know one thing. Who was it? Who could it be now? Uh, I'm, my early money's on Chuck Swirsky, but, you know, let's figure it out. <laughs> I think it's Cousin False Bill. flag, people. False flag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. If you'd listen to some people, they say it could be anyone, because they say anyone could have the, the technology. Or they say it had to be an inside job. Now, WGN people really hearken on the fact that there's no way WGN and WTTW people have gone on the record, so to speak, to say that no one could have pulled this off. People didn't have the understanding. It had to have been an inside job. Whereas FCC seems to think, no, like anyone with half a, you know, brain and and the the willpower could have pulled it off. It kind of felt like that was like, uh, you know, the whole corporate negligence thing. Like, uh, uh, boy, I, I don't see how this is possible. You know, we've got redundancies in place and things and words that we will use to make this sound really complicated, but it's just not possible by the. No, I will man. say that those these were interviews that were done like twenty years later. So 
Uh, maybe, maybe not. Yeah, but it was their, but, it, but the people that were interviewed, it was their job, like, to not let this happen. So, like, you know, it's kind of like, well, no, uh, I, 20 years later, I'm still defending my job. Could anyone get in here? No. But who's that? Shit. Yeah, like that kind of shit, <laughs> yeah. you know? So, I mean, either it's, Im- if you say it's impregnable and the average Joe couldn't do it, well, that means it was one of y'all. Right. So, which, which, why is that better? Why is that a better way to defend it? It had to have been someone that we trusted. Yeah, it's, it's almost better if you go, hey, our, 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 our shit wasn't up to par, but we fixed it right, afterwards. Right. Like, I don't know. But that's not, but you know what? That's not, uh, that's not a corporate America response. It, it's just not. It, you, you, no, no one ever admits failure. We're sorry. We won't do that again. We, 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 we should have done better. How easy would have that been to, and by the way, like, that, isn't that like a kind of a dime store psychologist 101? Everyone wants to defend their point, even if they're wrong. And it's like, if you just said, I was wrong, but, but guess what? We're going to fix it. Everyone goes, okay. Yeah. And the faster you say it's wrong, the faster the situation goes away. Right, right. It, you see it You see it in politics, too. You got like, to swallow, uh, people though. like Anthony Weiner, who stick to his lie. And then there was some other politician that, that got caught cheating on his wife, and he immediately copped to it and apologized and said they're going to couples therapy, and, and I can't remember his name because you didn't hear anything else about it. Cause it and you can't remember his name. Because right. it wasn't newsworthy anymore. It's like, oh, well, it's no good if he, you know, confesses. <laughs> where's the where's the, the, the juiciness to it? Yeah, exactly. That's human nature. But human nature also is to dig inside of these things and to fig- figure out if it was an inside job or was. Who cares? Who did it? And you can find stories, and you started to talk about this earlier, Mike, so you can find stories online of, of these hackers who might have done it and there is some there some firsthand accounts from Reddit going back to like 2010 from a user named Bpogue. And this is probably the one you were going to talk about, the 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 tale of the J and K brothers. And do you want to talk about that one? It's an interesting one. Yeah, I can definitely get started on it. I thought I had had that in my notes from when I did an episode on signal interruption. Uh, turns out I don't. But, you know, so I can, I can, I can definitely remember that, uh, it's of course hearsay. This is somebody telling us. I remember his, back his, in the his day. recollection. Yeah. Back yeah. in the day. Um, and it's based largely on the idiosyncrasies of this one particular person who I think was like, was his brother or the friend of his, his brother or, or something like that, where he would say particular words very often. He also had, would like, vocalize mm-hmm. just randomly or hold oh, oh a long time which yeah and you which you absolutely era. hear the guy in the footage doing it there's a lot of strange vocalizations uh and moanings of course at the time in the mid 80s uh i don't know whether or not medical science recognized autism at that time i know the public certainly didn't know anything about it right and and it was still in the era of if we can't slap you enough to get you to pay attention in school then we'll just put you in the slow room well let me let me uh let me inter- interject real, real quick there moxie that we we've talked about that on the show before like when when we were in school those were just the weird kids that went to the weird room yeah and which was obviously that's a horrible way to perceive it but no one told us any different and we didn't know any different and 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 but obviously now being a little bit more enlightened, it's it's like yeah, the, the, those kids had had either learning disabilities or or were on the the spectrum in some way, shape, or form. Uh, some of which are most of which are probably much smarter than I am, but but had other learning disabilities that went along with that challenge. 
And people are like, oh, how come everybody's autistic now? I'm like, they always were, but we used to just throw them in an institution and go and have another baby and see if that one turns out better. Or people are high functioning and and so you, you don't see the patterns as easily until they, they, people bring it up and you go, oh my God, yeah. Well, and like you said on this too, there was the things, the autism, he spoke like it. He said the things. He also had a very, the guy said a very sexual specific sense of humor. But on top of that, this guy, they called him J and K. They were brothers and they lived in this house. And they were big in the old BBS sites, bulletin board sites back in the day. And they were very heavy hitters as far as that goes. Their house was just full of technology. And the guy who told the story went on to say that they told him, he's like, they were talking about, oh, we're going to do something big. And he overheard and he asked what he's like, just watch WGN tonight or WTTW tonight. So that's kind of the, the tip off point for this guy. And he goes, I didn't put two and two together until years later, which kind of blows my mind if that's true. I would love to pause there for a second and, and talk about BBS sites because they were uh, – I was a huge fan of BBS sites when which, I first got into in computers. Which one was your go-to? Oh, God. It was like BBS Submarine or something like <laughs> that. Yeah, they like always that. had I don't, I don't like, like uh, Tuna Foreskin 9. Like they always had weird shit. Like they were like, why did you name it this? <laughs> but you can call into them like crazy. But I got to tell you, man, they were they were the coolest shit. Like so in – I, I, let's call it 1992. I was uh, uh, just getting my first computer and dial-up modem and 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 figuring out that what, like, you 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 finally somebody turned you on to what a BBS is, and and you log on and you just start kind of clicking around and 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 you know I, I was a in in my formative years uh, fancied myself a a coder and and you know like wrote my own little programs for my Commodore sixty four you know wrote my own version of Zork that kind of thing and it was BBSs were like like where all of those folks congregated like like message boards like that's where message boards were born and 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 you know you want to see a naked picture of Cindy Crawford an hour you know an hour and a half later you you have about ten percent of the image She's downloaded. Not naked. Damn it. <laughs> that was the wrong file to click Mom, on. got to make a long-distance call, and i got to get off here. And you knew you were going to be hanging out with similarly tech-minded people, because right. only the tech-minded people had the tech to possibly be on uh, the BBS. And I want to thank you guys for bringing this up, because I have been trying for like 10 years to remember the name of the one I used to get on back in like 96, and I just remembered it. It's not going to do me any good, but it's nice to know it's there. Well, what was it? Well, the one I can remember it was Chat City. I don't, I, there were, and there was a slightly more primitive one that I started on, but I cannot remember the name of that one. That was one of those ones that kind of like kept restarting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, because someone's running in. Well, and John brought up a good point that, that completely ties into this is you're with like-minded people, but everyone's of different age. And the guy who, who told the story about the J&K, he came because they said they were out in LaGrange, Illinois, which is right outside of the city. And he came to hang out a couple times. He went to like Pizza Hut and all hang out. He was a lot younger than them. And they're like, oh, you're young. And he's like, oh, you guys are like 30. They don't know because you're on the BBS site and you're chatting away talking. You might not realize that until you meet in, in person. And you're like, oh, shit, you're like a 16-year-old dude. So that's one of the stories. There's another story that kind of gets floated around and they blame a guy uh, a guy by the name of Eric Fournier, and if you were an early YouTuber, you probably have heard of Eric Fournier because he did these crazy fucking videos on YouTube in its infancy. 
they were weird and they had like one of those, you know, those masks where the mouth moves and it looks like someone has skinned a woman alive and put the ma- the face on, you know, those I can crazy- think of several styles that fit that description. Like can in the, you a lot of them, your scope, a lot of them dress like, um, <laughs> like, uh, like Asian geishas and stuff like that. It's just creepy. It's just creepy. Well, he did a lot of those as characters. Anyway, Eric lived in Bloomington, Indiana, which isn't too far away. And he was in a band they called the blood farmers. And the story goes they wanted attention, so they were going to break into the airwaves and play a video. They got cold feet, though, and they realized they could get in trouble, so they did the silliness instead. Now, they, they the people that say it say, like, oh, he just did it off the top of his head. Well, we know it wasn't live because of the cut scene where it went to him getting spanked and stuff like that. That's the story of Eric Fournier. The problem is, well, twofold. Um, his other bandmates say they're not twofold, more than twofold. His other bandmates say that they had no video, so they couldn't have played a fucking video. They were never in Chicago. They had no tech like that or no knowledge to pull it off. And it's just not true. And we can't ask Eric himself because unfortunately he passed away in 2010. Those are kind of the big ones that people kind of point to, but there are open on Reddit and Vice did a great article on this. And there is a lot. If you go to the Vice and and read the comments, there are some crazy theories, but it's just anyone's game. And especially if you believe that anyone with a little bit of technology and the the willpower could have done this, it it could have been an inside job. It could have been an outside job, but it sounds like a lot of people could have done it. Yeah, I mean, there's so many incidents like this, and sometimes the flaw in the technology is so simple, like the person who took over the emergency alert system in one particular city. I can't remember the city. I can remember he interrupted the Steve Wilco show with a zombie message zombie warning that the wait is, is steve wilco is that the guy that's the uh that was the former bouncer yeah, he was the for security jerry on jerry springer and then they gave him his own show because it turned out he had like a steve. master's degree he was like he was like an actual <laughs> licensed therapist <laughs> that's um, awesome yeah he must hey, have been proud the of bills, his time motherfucker. <laughs> i mean uh, yeah i'm pretty sure he hasn't wanted for money ever since if he was if he was smart with that uh that money where the hell is this in my notes because i really want to uh, include it because somebody was able to break into the emergency broadcast system and play this warning that the the bodies of the recently deceased are rising from their graves and attacking the living, which is the beginning of a Slayer. Well, it's also a in. Um, song. There's also in one of the movies. I can't think of the bodies of the recently. They 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 play the the warning band and, and play that in one of the movies. Yeah, but he was able to do that. Because the radio, the TV station hadn't changed the password from the factory preset. <laughs> and it turned out there were a lot of stations that had left it like on zero, 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 which for a short period of time was the U.S. nuclear launch code. Well, it's like it was Eric eight McKinnon, zeros, I believe I'm saying his name right. I might be saying the wrong Gary name. The guy McKinnon. who broke into all the, the, the military. Uh, he's a British gentleman who broke in all the military computers and that's because they would ghost them. So they all had the same image and they didn't change the default passwords. It's crazy. And it's a little bit your fault if you make right. it that easy. I mean, the other person is still being bad. They're being very, very naughty, but lock the door. Change, <laughs> change the uh, password. One, two, three isn't going oh, to shit. cut it. <laughs> Although in this situation, password one two three would have it would have been, been an improvement. Yes, <laughs> yeah, just the no password. There we go. Yeah, yes. I don't know. So, I mean, if you had to put your money on it, you two, do you think it was an inside job? Do you think it was an outside job, or do you have a, a favorite? Where you at in this? I'm going freaker all the way. I'm going absolutely hackers. 
but I think doing it just for now, the Moxie, sake of doing explain it. To, explain to our listeners uh, what a freaker is. Oh, a freaking referred to shenanigans with uh, phone systems. Now, you see, kids, back in the day, if you wanted to call someone very far away, you had to have a whole separate phone service just for that. And it costs a lot of money to talk to people you didn't want to talk to in the first place. Hi, my name is John and I'm calling from AT&T. I'd like to <laughs> talk to you about your long distance plan. Yeah, no, I had a job for a little while as the third party verifier for long, uh, long distance company. Um, but there were different little tricks that you could do, particularly playing specific tones that would make the system think the call had disconnected while it was actually still connected. So you maybe had to pay for the first minute of long distance, but you could talk as long as you wanted. And there was actually a whistle that was in- included in boxes of Captain Crunch, I think it was, for a while, that was the exact correct oh, note wow. to fool- You sly nautical uh, bastard. Bell South. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Horatio Magellan Crunch striking a blow for the little man again. I can't remember the, the, the movie or movies that I'm speaking of, but- there were certainly more than one movie that that had, you know, from the the eighties ish, uh, where they 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 they'd go to the payphone and 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 not have you know money and or they didn't want to be traced and and they would they would hold the handset up yeah, and they'd the play tones. something into the yeah and it would be a, a sequence of tones that would you know click a few times and then all of a sudden they had free access to call whomever they needed to at the CIA yeah well some of that was was a true thing and then a lot of it was of course just movie just movie nonsense cuz for example in the movie hackers they're all using their their internet computers on payphones without benefit <laughs> of a modem and I call bullshit on that and that really weird, just cinema, cinematographical decision to have them in the spinning phone booth during the exciting chase montage. Yeah, everything's a graphical interface. <laughs> Real hacking is not entertaining to watch. Yeah, it's basically DOS. If you don't find DOS exciting, maybe <laughs> hacking's not going to be for you. God knows I do. <laughs> John, hey, what's, your, I see uh, you what's your go-to? What do you think? Yeah, I, I listen. I don't have an opinion on who it was. I uh, I do have an opinion on it was not an inside job. I just think it's too um, well. I mean, it's it's two different companies and it's two different signals, and it's somebody that had the technology to that understood the way the technology worked, so they could just get in front of any signal. I mean, if if should they have chosen, they could have gone on later that evening and intercepted ABC's signal in in that's Chicago. just lunacy. Um, don't be stupid. Again, we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a big difference between about- the local station and the right. PBS versus the national station. But as you, an interesting thought just occurred to me that you're like, well, it's two different stations, but that would be a really great way to cover your tracks. The whole reason we we are on the lookout for poisoned Halloween candy was a man killing his trying to kill his children for the insurance money, who also poisoned a bunch of tried to poison a bunch of other kids to make it look like a random crime. So what if a very, very, very clever inside person hit the other station too? No. To throw them off the scent. Man. Or they're just an opportune of and it happened to be that they were both coming from the same relay station. Yeah. Yeah, those were weak <laughs> signals the that they other. could take into. But that's what's great about it is there's no wrong answer. I mean there is, but we don't know. And the FCC doesn't know, and it's fun. It's one of those I I, I hate to say, but like you said, John, victimless crimes. I really do think it was a hacker or a freaker, or you know, as you said, I don't think it was an inside job, or maybe it was, but they were having a lot of fun with it. And uh, if there was a larger 
understanding or they were trying to get a message to us it was lost in the shuffle but it was an interesting shuffle to watch well we all haven't explored yet uh which we i think we need to is the third possibility there was a time traveler and they understood our our very basic technology and and they traveled back to to hijack that technology to warn us of of the future but not not 2020 specifically they just left that part out well no because because they they jumped back to the mid 1980s that's how we ended up on this timeline in the first place <laughs> time tangents are the worst well no they, they actually I, I disagree with you both they were they were warning us of new code oh maybe that's it i tell you though these time tangents i can't even keep up with them how many are we on down now you know we got the the jumping back then and we had john tidor and uh yeah well at least he, oh and don't forget uh, the philadelphia oh, experiment the philadelphia experiment that's a good song. There's a, a great theory that uh, Coca-Cola created New Coke knowing people were going to hate it because it would just make them top of mind. And New Coke did make Coca-Cola top of mind. It was like news reports and all the late night talk shows and, and everything. They couldn't have bought that much publicity. And the president of the company at the time was quoted as saying, uh, we're not that smart and we're not that dumb. i believe Uh, that so what are your thoughts nation john how can they tell us what they think about the whole max headroom broadcast choose your own adventure but i'm going to say intrusion (laughs) that we've been talking about well i would say the first way would be to hijack our podcast um and and we won't son of a bitch i mean Uh, (laughs) (laughs) if you're not able to do that hop on to hysteria nation that is our facebook discussion group just go to Facebook and search Hysteria Nation. And don't hijack the podcast because I'm just a lowly dude. I don't want to have to deal with that. <laughs> yeah, and clearly I already have hijacked their po- their podcast, so back it's off. There's only room for one thought. of us in That's here. That's right. That's right. <laughs> She's cracking her knuckles. That's right. So, yeah, while you're on Facebook, don't forget to go to Facebook.com slash Hysteria51pod. That is our Facebook page. Go to Patreon, Patreon.com slash Hysteria51. Find Up All Nights, and you can get yourself t-shirts and host your own show and have all sorts of goodies get stickers and hand-drawn pictures of the Loch Ness monster which is just always they're perfect voicemail 773-669 i had to laugh at myself saying that there's 773-669-7277 again that's 773-669-7277 but this week your homework is leave us a review somewhere on Apple, on Podchaser, um, I don't know where else can they leave reviews, John? Uh, you know, or on Apple, yeah, <laughs> or Apple. <You> know. <laughs> Think about Apple too. And if you want to do it, you could also try Apple. So yeah, those are all fun. <laughs> Five stars because I know that's what's in your heart. Yeah, if you if you like if you like the phrase, uh, what was it, Onion and Pony Show? <laughs> then the least you can do is give them five stars. Egg, Egg, and, Egg and Pony, pony show. show. Get it right. Oh, because Onion and Pony Show makes um, less sense somehow. <laughs> Yeah. The egg. One's a protein. If you're going to get my fuck up wrong, on. well, then by God. <laughs> I fucked up a fucked up. What if, wait, if I fuck up a fuck up, does that come back around to being right? Maybe, but that three? one didn't. We're, we're like close. Three, three we're left close. turns equals making a right turn, so I need a third third degree of fuck up. Yeah. Give me a minute. I'll, I'll get there. I'll just tune into this podcast a little bit longer. You'll be fine. Right. 
<laughs> Moxie, where can everyone find you? Tell them about your show. Tell them about what you got going on. Once you're absolutely certain that you've listened to every episode of Hysteria 51, you can use that same app you're listening on to look for Your Brain on Facts. You can go to yourbrainonfacts.com, order the Your Brain on Facts book from your local bookseller, follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Your Brain on Facts, and Twitter at Brain on Facts Pod, because God forbid Twitter give us enough letters. <laughs> That is true. <laughs> I am seriously con- I'm not going to do it, I don't think. But I'm I'm seriously considering deleting Twitter for like a, a, a like put a moratorium, you know, maybe 30 60 days. Are you I don't are know. you, tw- just, are you tweeted out every time you I go, go on there and it's just hate? Cuz you're not a huge user. It's just the the it's just what you're reading on there just makes you go Mleh. It's what I'm taking in, not what I'm like not 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 reactions to me. I don't mean that. Uh, all of our, all of our fans are awesome. And, and, uh, and, and those that I in, engage with on Twitter are awesome. I, I don't mean like my engagement. I, I, I'm talking about just like Twitter writ large. I like spaghetti dying a fire. Yeah. Well, that's kind of how Twitter works. You, <laughs> see, you got, you got to turn on notifications for the right stuff. Like there's this, um, this AI, uh, that does Jeopardy, but it just like makes up the answer and it's an ai so it's lunacy and and you have 15 minutes to submit your uh your questions and it you know picks the the five winners uh there is the um french photographer who one day went upstairs to get a sweater from under his bed and found a cat he had never seen before who had just given birth to kittens and it like He's, he's live tweeting it and his entire life changes in an hour and it's, it's beautiful and he's been posting pictures of them ever since. So if you, if you just amplify the good stuff, it'll help to drown out the bad but stuff. But isn't it just easier to get mad at the hate and rage quit? Yep. Sure. <laughs> asking but then you for a John. Asking for a go forth. <laughs> yeah. But if you rage quit on, if you rage quit on the assholes, you miss out on the kittens. And if that's not a life philosophy, I mean, I'm no, I'm no Uncle Iroh. But I think that's a start. That's a that's you know that's a resume builder right there. That's a good quote. <laughs> if, you, if you rage quit on the, the assholes, assholes, you miss out on the kittens. Uh, I'm a dog person. All right, myself. fine. I'll leave my rage quitting to trying to finish the last one half of a one percentile of Spider-Man on my PS4. Oh my I mean, you can rage quit Facebook if you want, like by all means. <laughs> Everyone, it's always cracks me up. People go, I'm out of here. I'm so sick. And then three weeks later, they're just posting something random. I'm like, you're trying to sneak back in. Like we didn't just fucking read your, <laughs> your anger quit. Uh, that's, that's the world though. I can't blame them. I can't blame well, anyone. It's, it's the whole, uh, Hey, you don't have to announce that you're leaving. Yeah. This isn't yeah, a train station leave. or an airport. You don't have to announce your departure. There's so many places when people do that in groups too. I love how people will tag like different groups where they just, just post that them. has never happened in never history. Never once. I don't, I don't know what you're about. talking about. Oh, so anyway, kids, huge thank you, Moxie. Thank you so much for coming on and schooling us on a whole. You're a wealth of knowledge, and it is nice to have someone on here other than John that's a you know that is knowledgeable. So I'm 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 thanking you, man. Why you put up with this? Throwing shade on you left, right, and center. Don't get it twisted. They both suck. No, yeah, it's I don't a, know. Is it his week? Know, because it, next week it'll be me. That's how it works around here. I think I, I think he did. He he accidentally complimented me. There. Nope. I was worried that you, you would read that and not get to my point. I was, you know what? It came out and I thought, I hope he doesn't think that I was saying he's knowledgeable and at least there's someone else. <laughs> I knew as soon as it came <laughs> All out. All right, I'm out. Moxie, let's start a podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm game one up. Oh, man. So, yeah, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. Like we said, please give us a review if you will. 
With that said, I've been Brent. I'm Moxie Labouche. I'm not from around here. And I've been John. And he's been Conspiracy Bot. Stay woke, meet sex. It was terrible. It was just terrible. I'll never get over it as long as I live. That's it for another edition of Hysteria 51. John and Brent will be back next week with yet more of the unexplained, the unexplored, and the unheard of. Oh, if it's unheard of, how will they know about it? Anyway, if you want to suggest a topic, give us your thoughts, or just make fun of Conspiracy Bot, that's my favourite. Join us in our Facebook discussion group, Hysteria Nation. Just log on to Facebook and search Hysteria Nation, or you can always tweet us at Hysteria51Pod. You've been listening to a fourth-hand joint.